0: and welcome to the austin art talk podcast my name is scott david gordon your host thank you so much for taking the time to listen and i do hope you're enjoying the interviews i've been sharing one of my goals is to put out a new episode every week and to keep getting better at interviewing and producing the show i love asking questions and i love getting to know people The Austin art community is vast, and there are so many more artists and makers and individuals and collectives making great work in many different forms that I am very much looking forward to meeting and talking with. Please share any feedback you have, and if you can figure out how to do it, leave me a rating and review on iTunes. That could help others find this podcast and inspire them to take a chance and give it a try. And if you are listening to this through an app on your phone, be sure to visit austinarttalk.com on your computer to get the full effect of each episode's webpage, and to follow the links provided that are relevant to the guests and what we have talked about. This week I spoke with Nancy Mims, who is currently exhibiting her work at the Doherty Art Center from January 13th until February 3rd, 2018. It's a really beautiful show, and I highly recommend going to see it while it's up all in one place. From her daily practice of taking walks and capturing images, she goes on to curate a diverse but cohesive collection of image-based artworks that speak to creating order from chaos, seeing the world from different perspectives, and looking for beauty and awe in the mundane. Her work is often printed on different types of fabric and could then be cut and woven or stitched onto and combined with unique frames and often placed outdoors in natural settings. We had such a great conversation, and I learned a lot about her and her work. So here is Nancy. Okay, Nancy, welcome to my podcast.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
0: Yeah. I'm really excited to interview you because, I don't know, more than anyone else I've met lately, you're just so, you're such a nice person, and you're so, (laughs) you're just always like... (laughs) have a great smile and you're just very open and you remember people really well too. Oh, I
1: try. (laughs) It's hard. As you get older and meet more people, it's harder. It is hard. And your memory becomes fuzzier. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And speaking of meeting people, like when you meet someone for the first time and they say, Oh, Nancy, what do you do? Mm -hmm. What do you tell them?
1: Ooh. um, Well, it's, been difficult for me just to say I'm an artist, Uh um, because it's taken me a long time to admit that I'm an artist. And, uh, I think it goes back to my own insecurities about using that label. Yeah. And also that I've had opportunities, um, throughout my adult life to really go into my art and I avoided it, um, Mm. by, uh, going into grad school for, art history and then i went into the design field and it wasn't until about eight years ago that i finally started to yeah admit that maybe i was actually an artist yeah <laughs> there's a, a hard label for some reason I for wonder, me
0: uh, not just for you for yeah everybody for a lot of people I yeah like, i wonder where <laughs> that comes from i just uh, i
1: don't know and it might be a distinctly american thing hmm. too i don't know
0: it's like fear there's some fear yeah, in yeah definitely definitely <laughs> It it makes me think of um, The Artist's Way. Mm -hmm. Have you ever read that?
1: A long time ago, I think, when I was trying to, again, admit that I was an artist. Yeah. And someone recommended that to me. Yeah, she (laughs) talks
0: about the shadow artist, who is someone that's kind of, you know, surrounds themselves with other artists, but they're not, like, totally willing to claim it for themselves.
1: Yeah. And I've had uh, people close to me. I mean, really have to be firm with me and be angry with me yeah. <laughs> to to force me to admit that I'm an artist. And I'm very, very grateful for yeah. those people.
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, there's another connection that I made earlier when I was reading about you, about the artist's way, because she recommends in the book a practice of daily journaling but also going out into your environment out into the world and clearing your mind and paying attention to detail in your surroundings which is something you do all <laughs> that's the time the
1: whole yeah that's my whole practice <laughs> right. yeah that's how my
0: art exists <laughs> yeah and I was wondering I wonder if she got that from that
1: oh that's funny it might have been tucked in my head and yeah yeah <laughs> maybe <laughs>
0: okay so people are trying to get to know you but you're not quite just saying I'm an artist
1: Um, recently someone who knew me, but only knew me from, um, work. I do more activism work. She assumed I was a lawyer and I loved that. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) She had heard me argue some things and, um, had no idea that I was an artist and she, She was sitting with me and she actually said, so tell me, tell me about being a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) I I really, really love that. (laughs) Wow, that's great. Now my son's trying to get me to go to law school because he thinks I should be a lawyer. Oh, wow. All right.
0: (laughs) Well, maybe. So I'm just wondering if you can, you know, think back to when you were a kid growing up, like where you kind of see your first influences that kind of got you to where you are as far as art your aesthetic or appreciation of the world. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, going back, I have so I'm named after my aunt, um, who is an artist mm-hmm. and was able to admit at a young age <laughs> that oh, she's an artist. Nice. I mean, she's she taught art at Auburn University in Alabama mm-hmm. and um, is still an incredibly prolific artist. Mm. And we had a lot of her art in our house, and her art's very the pieces that I'm most familiar with are very mysterious and beautiful. And, mm-hmm. um, actually one of the oldest pieces I have of hers has string in it embedded in varnish. Oh wow. Um, and I, there was another piece my family had that had string. She'd was somewhat abstract and had sort of like a ghostly figure in it, but it, it had string mm-hmm. again, embedded in layers and layers of varnish. And
0: a very direct. That was
1: very mysterious. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I know my mom had a book of um, art from the um, Metropolitan Museum of Art, Mm -hmm. and I was really drawn to like old Renaissance paintings of um, saints (laughs) and uh, figures from the Bible. And I just something about especially it just, just something about all of that iconography. It was really, mm-hmm. I would sp- just study details in those books about that and um, was very intrigued by it. And my family traveled a lot. I was really lucky to be able to visit. Um, when we traveled within the United States, we would visit family in Alabama, but then we also traveled um, out of the country a lot. And so yeah. I think that was very influential, being able to be exposed to other cultures and their just daily life and how everything seemed very different to me mm-hmm. from, you know, signs and streets and everything was very yeah. different. And so that was very intriguing to me. Mm. Yeah. And I think travel, too, because of my work, walking and finding unfamiliar in the familiar has to do with sort of my wanderlust and my wish of that I could travel all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah. And having yeah. kind of the maybe the courage early on to not be afraid to do that
1: right yeah and just in these foreign places right and wanting to be kind of astonished by new Mm. things and new people and new and just seeing yeah the beauty and all of that and beauty and mystery yeah and things that are everywhere that were you know that i I was lucky to be exposed to
0: Yeah. yeah i have a very similar view or feeling about looking for beauty and kind of the most unremarkable places. Like a, a lot of my abstract work is like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I totally get it.
1: Yeah. And once you see that, yeah, I feel like it's really hard to be jaded about things too, because you
0: oh, can yeah. sort
1: of, or, and it's also impossible. I feel like to be bored because there's always something oh, yeah, you, like right. it's anytime I feel like I'm bored with something, then I know something's wrong and I'm like, no, there's something remarkable and wonderful and beautiful and beautiful and And you know somewhere, yeah, (laughs) I will find it.
0: (laughs) Do you you find it's easier to make that kind of a connection with the world of objects and things as opposed to people? You know, because I mean, I think Mm -hmm. you can think of people that way too, and that's harder for me. Yeah, it's harder to you know engage with people and dig for that beauty too. Sometimes you can get very jaded,
1: right? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah.
0: But I think the that's, the life of a photographer is kind of a solitary one sometimes.
1: Yeah, for sure, especially if you don't I don't photograph very many people. I yeah. that's not my subject, so yeah. it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you you grew up traveling, you had some art books mm-hmm. around and you maybe when you were traveling went to see art or museums?
1: Yeah, or? definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, I remember my mom in particular would and when I was younger, I thought it was the most awful thing to do to yeah. kind of see art. It was really boring. <laughs> of course. I remember being dragged kicking and screaming to a Rodin exhibit when I was in fifth grade. I don't know why I remember that, but yeah, I just thought it was awful. I was and, mad. Yeah.
0: I wanted to go ice skating. Right. <laughs> and now you're probably like, wow, I wish I had
1: Yeah. Attention. Oh, yeah. And now I tell my, my kids when they go into museums kicking and screaming, I'm like, you yeah. remember this.
0: <laughs> this is for your own good. <laughs> uh, it's interesting. I have a similar... Um, a great uncle of mine was a painter. And he was the only artist that was really obvious in my family. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really feel like that gave me permission to think about being an artist, because uh, his paintings were around the house. And I had one in my bedroom. And I just it was kind of like he was a hermit and this kind of this cool story. And I just I feel like and then I had some artistic ability growing up. So then it was like, Oh, maybe it's came from him or something. Right? And yeah, it does make you it wonder. It was kind of like it's, permission in a way to think about being an artist. Yeah,
1: it's in your DNA. You have yeah. to do it. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, you like high school, college? Were you doing art? Well, all, or? so
1: I have. There were some artists, and I also had a great aunt on the other side of my family who was an artist, um, whom I loved also, and she was she was wildly eccentric, and I really loved just her as a person too. Mm -hmm. But I also many of the people in my family are um, scientists and engineers and my mom's a computer programmer. So there was that side
0: of my my DNA. Okay. Yeah.
1: So that's like, that was in my, my DNA, but also I, from a pretty early age decided I wanted to be a doctor. Oh, okay. And I really did love science classes. Um, By college, I was sort of being torn in two directions, but I um, was determined I was going to go to medical school and mm. um, took the MCATs, took mm-hmm. all of the courses I needed to take, and it got time to apply to medical school. And I had to admit to myself and then to my family <laughs> that yeah. I, I just I didn't have the desire mm. to do it. And I really felt like I needed to really have that drive to to go through just the, what was ahead of me (laughs) school wise and residencies and stuff. But I, but at the same time, I was also starting to take art classes Mm. and, um, only because one of my really good friends made me, he recognized that I was an artist, even though I couldn't admit it. And he, (laughs) I mean, he literally forced me to take a class with him, um, a sculpture class and it, it changed my life because that class that professor was very influential on me mm. just as a person and as an artist yeah that was a huge turning point for me
0: it seems like there's really a lot to be paid attention to in resistance to things I yeah it's, it's like <laughs> yeah if you're that's very true. resistant to something then there's it's something to really look. yeah into.
1: and listen to the people around you who love yeah. you and know you the most who are telling you yeah you know you what are you doing yeah <laughs>
0: So you did yeah. the sculpture class and mm-hmm. this teacher was
1: Yeah. He was um and we're still in touch. It's he he really made me I think I was so afraid of failure in that mm. class. And the very first assignment I had with him, I was terrified and I was terrified I was gonna be I was gonna do it wrong. Yeah. And technically I did do the assignment wrong, but like he <laughs> He embraced, he, he made the whole class embrace it. Like I, yeah. and I, I realized as we were going around and critiquing things, I was like, Oh my God, I did this completely wrong. Everybody <laughs> brought something else and I brought this other thing Yeah, and I was sweating and my heart was beating really fast. And then like he saw that as really important yeah. that I had interpreted it this way oh. and he, that that was really valid. And he was sort of like playfully mad at me for being so afraid of doing the wrong thing. Yeah. And that was a, like art lesson for me. Number one, like it's not, you know, there's no wrong way of doing it.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I think coming from, you know, working towards being a doctor, like you can mm-hmm. definitely, yeah, there's definitely a, there's wrong, a wrong way. way right,
1: right. That's how I felt <laughs> and you like could,
0: someone could die if you make a mistake. Yeah. But this is just uh Making a sculpture. Yeah. It's interesting that, yeah, you interpreted the instructions in your own way. And that's very cool that he embraced that. Yeah.
1: And I just like the relief in that, too. It was really opened up my mind. And it was a huge moment that I think about all the time.
0: I really struggle with fear of rejection and fear of criticism a lot or fear of making mistake or. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one.
1: I still do. Installing the show was terrifying. And yeah.
0: (laughs) Horrible and (laughs) yeah, and you have all this negative, you know, you imagine all this negativity, and then everyone shows up at your opening and they're just like so in love with you and so in love with the work, and you're like, okay, I wasted all my time, yeah, (laughs) worrying about this. Um, okay, so the sculpture class, what came after that?
1: Um, well, I have to say, another lesson I learned in there, um, I, I took more classes with that professor, and as you know 21 year olds do i thought then that i had mastered everything and i was this great oh, artist okay. by the end of it <laughs> and um i in my very final piece i um i spent a lot of time on it but i thought okay here i have just created perfection um and i was so excited to show him and he took one look at it and this was a welded steel piece it was okay. pretty big it was taller than me and he took a look at it and kind of walked around it And then he turned it upside down, grabs a random piece of steel, welded it to what seemed like just an arbitrary spot on the sculpture. And he said, okay, keep going. You're not done. Oh, wow. (laughs) And I was so mad because he had ruined my perfection. Yeah. And, but I knew I, I have to do what he's telling me to do. Like there's, I have to do this. And so I did I I, remember I stormed out and I returned and I kept working on it. Yeah. And um and he was right. Like it it, it was this lesson in you're not finished maybe ever. Yeah, <laughs> right. And you need to look at it from a different angle when you think you're finished, you know, maybe take it apart or mm-hmm. put something else on, keep going.
0: Just letting um, go of your, of your preconceived ideas. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Wow. So I actually apply that a lot to my art now. I take a lot of pieces apart. And put them back together, and um, throw things away, and unstitch things, and restitch them. And <laughs> yeah.
0: So this teacher was at UT or where? no? This
1: was at um, Duke in North Carolina. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. So, yeah. What happened next?
1: Um, so then I had the opportunity to admit that I was an artist, but I didn't. And I then went to UT for um, oh right to get my PhD in art history. But I only made it through my master's degree and um, decided to follow my then-boyfriend, now-husband, to Los Angeles from Austin. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And there I worked in an art gallery, so I stayed in the art world, but not actually
0: working as an artist. Shadow artist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, as the shadow (laughs) artist. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what, what was that gallery experience like? It was
1: great. It was a gallery in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. And um, we showed a lot of art, uh, art and also um, just ephemera from American culture, American mm-hmm. pop culture. My favorite show was um, a Fluxus show. That was a really interesting show to put together and to mm-hmm. be able to spend time learning about fluxus pieces and What is that? Um Fluxus was a conceptual and performance-based group of artists. Mm. Um, the most probably the most well-known Fluxus artist is Yoko Ono. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So she was a part of that. We had a lot of Yoko Ono pieces in there. Mm. Just really thoughtful um instructional based pieces and um there's a lot of humor in Fluxus and kind of political messages in it and um, yeah. yeah. You know, since a lot of Fluxus work was performance based, it was like the ephemera that was left over from those, yeah. those shows. So, like, there was sort of a mysterious quality in those, and that like they were attached to something that had happened, and you kind of had to piece together the history of what mm-hmm. had happened. And
0: yeah, <laughs> so your time working at the gallery, and you were in LA. Were you creating any art at all, or how do you feel like the la influenced your Mm -hmm. art
1: yeah i was i mean i was dabbling mostly making i would make things and give them to people as gifts i would make little things and and actually someone i met in la saw my dabblings and she um introduced me to what i did for the next I don't know eight years or so which was textile design mm. so I was you know doodling and doing enough that someone recognized that and said hey you should you should do this you know there was a small industry of that in Los Angeles but I so I started doing designs in LA and I sold them in New York as well mm. um, and I was doing textile prints for clothing and then eventually for housewares so
0: how do you do those kind of designs? You do a sketch and then somehow you create it in a computer. Or? Yeah.
1: So it was both. I was doing them by hand and also doing computer, computer generated mm. designs, which was, um, not fully embraced by the textile industry at that time. Oh, okay. Luckily I didn't have to put anything into repeat patterns. I would just sell like a motif and mm. then someone else would oh, okay. be putting them in. So the like it was an industry of, um, Yeah, just artwork being sold that would then go on to clothing. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. I was very prolific.
0: Well, thanks to that friend, (laughs) I guess. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. She's still a good friend. huge.
0: (laughs) So eight years of textile designs.
1: Yeah, I think so. Something like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah.
0: And at some point you moved back to Austin? or
1: Right. After a few years in L.A., I moved back to Austin. And I kept doing the freelance work um, Mm -hmm. as a textile designer. And sold my... I would send my work on... Like a monthly basis to an agent in New York and one into LA, and mm-hmm. they would sell my work. And Do you I was feel like,
0: you were compensated fairly for what you did. I mean, if you're, are you kind of get, you're doing the one element, and you're giving it away, and then they're kind of going off and making all the money? Or
1: well, there was a sort of a standard fee for those in the okay. industry, and it was a commission based, And so my agent made a commission. Okay, but it was it was standard, and I felt like it was fair at the okay. time. It was it became a more difficult occupation to have as a freelancer, just because more and more people, um, and and that's what actually led me to starting my own company was wanting to have control over my designs. And, um, it just became more challenging to do that work freelance.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
0: you, when did you start your own company or how did that evolve to that?
1: Right. Like I, I definitely, as I worked as a freelance designer, had my own signature style that was evolving. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be able to really focus on on that mm-hmm. rather than doing... I was doing a lot of silly bunnies and cats designs for like the kids' pajama industry too. And that was getting really kind of boring. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to do more serious... Design, And I say, yeah. you know, and, and, and I wanted to get into housewares too, because mm-hmm. I found that interesting. So I started with my sister-in-law. I started, we started a company called Mod Green Pod, and mm-hmm. we also wanted it to be, um, we wanted it to be all U.S. produced goods and also make it sustainable using organic cotton and, um, non-toxic inks. And right. so we sort of pioneered, we're sort of pioneers in that, in that area. Very cool. It was fun. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and that but that doesn't exist anymore, right? Or
1: no, it? that just became hard running that as a small business, and it was like a lot of small businesses. I think it got to the point where it either needed to grow mm-hmm. really big or shut down. Yeah, and at that time, I, I was a mother of two young kids and yeah. um, felt really stretched, and also felt that call again to be an artist <laughs> and, yeah. and not. I was doing too much of the the business and not enough of the design, and it was, so it just it ended. So that whole yeah. time
0: you were doing these designs, you just mm-hmm. thought of yourself as a designer and not as an artist or?
1: Still, right. Yeah. Okay. I would tell people I was a textile designer yeah. and small business owner. <laughs> entrepreneur. <laughs> right. Entrepreneur. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah.
0: So what, how hard was it to shut that down? And then did you already mm-hmm. have? Kind of the groundwork for what you were going to do next, or
1: yeah, because it was sort of it was in the last years of having that business that I started taking my morning walks, okay, and yeah. really, I did it to feed my brain just to give me inspiration for designs, mm. and um I had an iphone three yeah. And I learned that there are these things called apps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. And I had this, um, I know it was a Japanese developer who created this um, app called, I think, Toy Camera. Yeah, um, right. and it really blew out like these saturated colors when you take it, and it would. There was a delay from the time you took the photo until the final image would show up, and it was just this like delightful surprise every time the photo would show up. And it was kind of like the moment in a dark room when you're waiting yeah. for the photo or a to Polaroid or right or a Polaroid, and yeah, you're like, oh, look at that, or <laughs> ooh, look at that, that's terrible, you know. And um, I just I thought it was so fun, and so I just started on my walks. Photographing the things that I would see mm-hmm. and um, see how they would turn out with this app, and yeah. um, and then it became just—I mean, I had to do it every single day, um, yeah. and it did become a daily practice. And I posted to uh, maybe maybe it was blog blogspot or something—a photo like, a day. Flickr, yeah, <laughs> and it it um, it overlapped with my design work, so it was sort of mm-hmm. here's what inspired this pattern. Um, but at that same time, I was experimenting with printing my patterns on digitally onto um, cloth rather than having things screen printed. Oh, okay. And I was working with interior designers around the country who were choosing the colors they wanted the patterns to be printed on. And I could print a yard of a pattern I designed in any color they wanted. Mm-hmm. And one day, sort of on a whim, I asked my printer to print one of my iPhone photos. Mm. And I said... Um, I sent the file, you know, it was very low res cause it was iPhone three yeah. and I said, just blow this up to a full yard and send it to me. Yeah. And she did. And I remember unrolling it and thinking, oh my God, this is okay. <laughs> I think I need to do this. this oh is, <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. And that was around the time I decided to shut down my business. So, um, oh, wow. yeah. So I started really exploring that mm-hmm. and that's where. Yeah, that's what I've been doing since.
0: <laughs> is, that, is that what you call MIMS Industries?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I just saw that. That's like the title on your website. Yeah, that makes me
1: sound really productive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very industrious. Yeah. I also mm-hmm. like the quote. Maybe you could tell me the origin of that quote on your website. In the beginning, we were created by stars. We seem to be repaying the favor over and over again.
1: Right. Um, where, where did that come from? Yeah, a friend of mine um who i asked he thought of that when he saw my work oh, i don't okay. know and i just really loved it and i like the the mystery of it um i don't want to be too hit people over the head too hard when they come to my website about what it is so yeah. i like that you can sort of ponder that as you're looking at the art oh, okay. yeah
0: <laughs> so you had your printer make this first print on fabric right and then you're like I really love this, and you just went crazy with it. Or? Yeah,
1: not too crazy because <laughs> it's expensive oh, to print. Okay. Yeah, right. and also um, printing on cloth because I don't have my own printer. You know, there's there's a lot I have to leave up to chance. Mm. Um, a lot of there's a lot of lack of control over how colors will turn out, yeah. and um, part of me loves that because it is this delightful surprise most of the time when it comes okay. back. Um, but there are, of course, errors Mm -hmm. (laughs) or things that I just, I don't like, but I did, um, I started making these pieces and then I wanted to start photographing the pieces to put on a website Mm -hmm. and, um, I was photographing them outside and I realized, Oh wow, these are really beautiful when they're hanging outside because there's movement. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I decided I wanted to show my art outside. And so I um, signed up to um, show my work at East. This was, I don't know, four years ago, maybe. And showed it in the Utility Research Garden, which was behind. I I knew about this secret garden created by David Cater, who had created this garden years, you know, for decades before. And it was very beautiful, very um, hidden. Hmm. Not very many people knew about it. He said it was okay. The people who were renting that space at the time said it was okay. Yeah. And so I sort of wanted to create an experience for people where they had to walk, as I do, to see these pieces and walk outside. Yeah. And so that was the first time I showed the pieces was was outside. And yeah. then I did I had another East show, and I actually have a really funny story about that. So yeah, please. My <laughs> um, I told my um my parents about the East show, and my dad was very confused by why I was showing art outside. And I think he thought that I was showing it outside. Like you might see somebody selling art on the side of the road. Oh, okay. And, um,
0: like in front of the Met or something. <laughs> like yeah. You know, yeah.
1: Something. Just a, you know, a quick, you know, street, you yeah. know, roll out uh, a blanket and sell your art. Oh, I think okay. that's what he thought I was doing. Ah. And he asked me last week when I was setting up the show, I was telling my parents about setting it up and he said, do you get to show your art inside now? <laughs> Like I had worked like at. Work, it. it was like, yeah, I'm I'm inside now. I've done it.
0: You made it. <laughs> so I've
1: tried to explain. Like, no, I, I it was intentional. I wanted it to be outside in this yeah. garden. That was part of the piece. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was an installation. Yeah. But yeah.
0: And you've done that at um, the Elizabeth Nay, haven't you? Right,
1: yeah. So um Oliver Franklin at the Elizabeth Nay, um, he's He's done a great job of having artists, um, women artists in the city show pieces there. And he asked me to create an installation there. And I was really happy because the Ney is one of the spots that I frequent on my walks. Mm -hmm. Um, because I, that's in my neighborhood. And so I'd walked through there many times and actually thought to myself, I would love to show my art here. Mm. And so when he asked me, I was, I was so on board Yeah, but that was the first time I created a piece that was an interactive piece where I had um, the public actually help me weave
0: a piece on
1: site. That was really exciting. That is cool. Yeah, yeah. And then
0: you had your you were part of that space exploration show at Agave, right? At Agave where We first met. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's right. I love that work. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we could talk about your editing process because so you say on your website that it's a meticulous editing process Mm -hmm. and you're trying to create. Order in the universe, right? I think that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, uh, you're you're documenting the maddening chaos and infinite change. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of thinking about the work that's here at the Doherty right now. So you start with this maddening chaos, and then you're coming in to try to create some order through editing, and then you print that work, and then you deconstruct it again by maybe cutting and weaving and sewing that right. we're having outside and allow nature to break it down again. So it's like this. In yeah process it's really interesting
1: right, yeah and I mean before I even do the physical work i you know the this the stitching and the cutting and I do a lot of um just editing of my own photographs because I have taken so many yeah um in the last eight and a half years I mean I may be up to two hundred thousand mm. photos that has become chaotic in itself um yeah. but I am very picky about the images that I choose to go in my final pieces, yeah, and that process is <laughs> is taking longer and longer these days. I sort of have categories in my mind of directions that i of of, of themes and things that I look for that i mm-hmm. that I think all tie together as well, yeah, but then yeah once i've decided which images I'm going to use, then there's a whole process of deciding what I'm going to do to that piece. Am I yeah. going to cut it apart? Am I going to stitch it? Or is it standalone? And
0: mm-hmm.
1: which fabric is it going on? So yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I want to back up a little bit mm-hmm. to something that you said on your um, on your about page on your website. You were talking about your deep roots in the South. Like mm-hmm. tell me about what that means to you. And kind of like the mm similarity to maybe other artists the aesthetically or maybe. right Ooh. what does that mean
1: yeah well i think the south just has such a, a heaviness to it and a lot of that is the destruction it's it brought upon itself and mm-hmm. um with its roots in slavery and the civil war and yeah. its inability to for white southerners to fully you know admit the horror of what it stood for and it still stands for Mm -hmm. um and i there's there's such deep like sadness and destruction and violence in that Mm -hmm. and and that heaviness and I, i don't know i just grew up feeling that and trying to make sense of it and that is something that i am still as a as a white southerner trying to take responsibility for, mm-hmm. I guess. And it's something, gosh, this is a whole nother podcast. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, to go um, that. Yeah, that it's just, it's deeply again in, it's just in the air and you either look at it deeply or you don't mm-hmm. as a Southerner. And I've, I've chosen to try to understand it and take responsibility for it. And I don't quite know how that works at way its way out in my art. Yeah, I was gonna ask. It you. does in my activism more and I'm trying mm. to understand the two <laughs> and how they tie together. Yeah, but they have to
0: be somehow.
1: Yeah. And I, I think it has to do with looking deeply at things and looking for truth in things. Yeah. Um, even when that truth is difficult to work through and talk about with people. Yeah. That see. is something that yeah. I was
0: thinking about your work. Mm-hmm. Why do you want to see what goes unseen and why do you think most people don't look?
1: Right. Yeah. I think the answer is in the question. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially it, right now. I mean, we're in this strange period of history in this country where, yeah, where people see what they want to see, mm-hmm. and people find answers to questions. They they find the answers they want to find. It's like confirmation bias, and that's not necessarily bias. the truth, right? And, um, and we're in the post-truth world so I think about that a lot when I like my space photos where I see space in the pavement yeah and I see it but
0: do you think you have any confirmation (laughs) bias when you're going out on your walks like you're like you said you're looking for pieces that fit into these different groups and yeah do you think you miss anything that
1: way that's that's something I intentionally try to work through Mm mm-hmm and I don't know if that's possible. Yeah, I do find myself going, "Oh, there's that thing that I yeah. look for," um, and I do every day. I try to clear my mind of that, but I know uh, I do. I mean, I do, and, and and I have a a distinct style of yeah. my what I find. So what you're drawn to right, yeah. and I feel like that's important as an artist, so that it's not too all over the place. So mm. yeah, it's kind of finding a balance between between
0: that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe tell me about, you have like five somewhat distinct or overlapping groups of work mm-hmm. uh, here are, that are represented at the Doherty Art Center. Like, tell me about each one of those Yeah, a little bit.
1: Well, um, they kind of deal with the, you know, above and below and, um, you know, heaven and earth and again, like what we see and what we don't see, what's... A lot of sort of paradoxical elements to them, but also very obvious opposites. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it starts with the pavement pieces, mm-hmm. um, and then leads to the space pieces, and which are also the pavement. But it's sort of seeing that like cosmic elements in something so mundane, um, and giving this kind of sacred quality to something we just literally walk on. Yeah. <laughs> and take take for granted. Um and with the the space pieces seeing the infinite and in something so finite mm-hmm. and seeing something that's like we don't even understand what space is, what dark matter is. Yeah. And yet pavement we feel like it's so familiar, we don't even think about it. It's just it's it's that finite. Yet what's below that?
0: <laughs> yeah, the things uh. you take for granted.
1: Right, yeah. right. And then I you know i the there's sort of the permanence and impermanence in that looking at the cracks and mm-hmm. then what's in between what's in the cracks, yeah um and then controlling the chaos of the cracks, and then I move from that from that work into the flower pieces, mm-hmm. which are this very like capturing this fleeting moment um this fleeting moment of beauty mm-hmm. and um and then that moves on to. The, the sky pieces, the sky loom pieces, and looking looking up at the infinite, but also in these fleeting moments in the sky, like the how the clouds look in a moment, or a bird goes, you know, a bird flying by. And then that goes back down to Earth again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's hard yeah. to describe without looking at them. <laughs> yeah, right. There's an
0: actually, I, I can't remember where I heard this recently, someone was talking about how when you look up at the sky you can't see the stars, but they're still there. Yeah, you know? I yeah. I just think that's a really interesting thing right. to think about.
1: Yeah. And and where are they exactly? Yeah. <laughs> they look close, and they look small, yet they're huge and far away.
0: <laughs> yeah. I definitely have thought myself a lot about, I mean, it's kind of that common thing. It's like the universe and a blade of grass. Right. You know, it's like you think of, I mean, you can't even comprehend the whole universe, the mm-hmm. scale of it, mm-hmm. but then it also exists in all of us, and we're right. all made of stardust it's, and all right. that. Right? Oh yeah, it's, uh, we're
1: yeah the microcosms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that we are. Yeah, we're all stardust. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those are all things I I think about in my in my work. Yeah. yeah.
0: Do you think about them as you're walking around, or do you kind of think about them and then let all that go and then just?
1: Yeah, I do. I do. And it usually those thoughts are triggered by seeing something. Um, I don't really set out. I usually set out, you know, working through whatever problem is in my head that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And or, you know, whatever is bothering me from the news or Mm -hmm. whatever I'm working on, you know, in my community activism or whatever. Like I'll start out there and then something will suddenly strike me something visual. And yeah. then I go into this, <laughs> get sucked into the universe and start yeah. thinking about these bigger <laughs> things. And then I, I'll realize once I see that and start thinking about that, then I see it everywhere too. Oh. Yeah. Usually if I find one image in a day, then I find a lot. Yeah. And it's sort of, I'll see it everywhere. And so, and that happened when I saw space. Someone, I, I took a photo and someone said, oh, wow, that looks like space. Yeah. <laughs> one of my pavement photos. And then I saw space everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was driving my kids crazy because I'd be walking down the street and, like, look, there's space. <laughs> they're like, oh God, my, our mom is crazy. <laughs> oh, it's fun. But now they see space okay. on the pavement.
0: So. <laughs> so you're like looking for a different perspective or a new perspective, and then you kind of really delve into that, right. explore it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I tend to do that. Like, I'll delve into it until I feel like I've sort of reached the end of
0: something. Yeah. <laughs> And then I'll
1: let it go. And then it, usually those themes come back to me at some point. Yeah. I have a hard time focusing on one,
0: yeah. one theme. Well, I can definitely relate to just looking all the time. And I, mm-hmm. I, it's so interesting to be around people that don't really notice anything.
1: Yeah. But I'm
0: always looking at everything, you know? I yeah. Just, I'm, all, I'm so visual. And uh, yeah. it's really, it's an interesting way to live. I think. Yeah.
1: And people, I think that, that's what's been important to me about showing art. Is people I've had so many people come back to me and say, "Wow, I now notice the details in my surroundings more." Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So you said earlier, you know, artists tend to be very solitary, and I definitely do. And you know, I always am afraid to show my work, and then when people see themselves in the work, that's when it's really meaningful. Yeah, I think it's like, oh, it's not just my own personal world here. This connects to other people
0: yeah I mean I think that's why I wanted to do this podcast and it's scary mm-hmm. to put it out into yeah. the world and but then you also see how people connect with whoever you're interviewing and yeah there's a lot of similarities or mm-hmm. they thank can you relate. for doing that <laughs> yeah, no, sure. I, I love it uh-huh. so what are you most excited about right now I mean I know you just put this show up it's probably mm-hmm. you're probably like In the midst of that, but um, Mm -hmm. like, is there anything new that you're working on or something you're excited about that's coming next or some kind of new direction that you're discovering or...
1: Yeah, so I think what was really helpful about this show was having the space and the freedom. And I want to give a shout out to the Doherty Art Center and everyone who works here because um, they've just... I mean, I love that this is a city of Austin space, yeah. Um and
0: that it's still here. That
1: it's here, I know, and it's so great and there's just there's a lot of like just good feelings in this this building. They do yeah. a lot of great things. There's a theater in here and they there's just a lot of community art um happenings going on all the time. Classes. Right, yeah. yeah. Um and I'm deeply appreciative to live in a city that has this. Mm-hmm. Um and the people who I've worked with on this have just been very helpful, um, very encouraging. And, um, and very open. And they gave me like, a lot of creative freedom to show what I wanted to show mm. and also show it in a way that I wanted to show it. And that, just the process of deciding what I was showing and where was a struggle, but, yeah. um, but a really important one for me as an artist because it allowed me to see, to take work out of the corners of my studio and put it up and see it and oh. figure out where I want to go next. Yeah. yeah. Cause I have a small studio and some of my pieces are big and some of my pieces like kind of make more sense in a group. And I just feel really lucky to be able to have everything up out of my studio on walls and be able to see it all at once.
0: <laughs> yeah. How gratifying that must <laughs> yeah, be yeah, just to very. get that perspective.
1: Yeah. Especially the large photo pieces because those just stay rolled up in my, on rolls in my, in my studio
0: yeah well you make work ultimately because you I mean you want it to be seen or for people to experience it yeah so it's yeah
1: yeah I think my dream as an artist to be able to make art and give it away oh wow okay <laughs> I wish I wish we lived in a country where artists were supported yeah more um so that we could work w- make work and not have to worry about the financial aspects of it and the stress and pressure of that because there's so many amazing artists you know just in Austin who aren't I I feel very privileged to be able to do what I do and I know so many artists who if they had the the time and ability would be producing really amazing work so yeah I just wish there was a way to be able to do that
0: yeah that would would be wonderful and I feel like it probably is that way somewhere in the world
1: it has mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think there are a lot of other countries that support artists more. Um, and especially right now, just the world's so crazy and challenging right now. Yeah. And art's really meaningful to people. And, um, and it's we, under attack. It is <laughs> under attack. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's important. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So now that you have all your work up, do you have any thoughts or uh, about it, seeing it all together up on the wall?
1: Yeah. Um, I think I'll just keep... Keep doing it.
0: Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> I might go to law school. <laughs>
0: oh well, I don't know. I don't know about that.
1: <laughs> I can go to law school and still call myself an artist. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, if you want. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think I'm in a. I, I want to go bigger scale. Okay. It's time for me to make some really big, oh. physically big pieces. Yeah, because I can, you know, yardage of fabric. Can, you know, you can roll out a piece of fabric for, you know, many, many, many yards. Yeah. So I need to take advantage of that and okay. stop working, stop limiting myself to a yard. Yeah. Like those, the, those terms.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> Fewer limits and more kind of just letting go of. Yeah the constraint of or fear or mm-hmm. whatever of being noticed. Yeah. Right. Being seen.
1: I want to stitch a really huge piece. Oh. And I've had you know, people say, Oh, you should get other people to stitch. But I I feel like just as I walk, my walks are solitary, like stitching sort of a continuation of the walk. Yeah. I'm not ready to have other people stitch for me. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember That's my, my I, work.
0: I don't Remember if it was where I read it online, but you had mentioned something about how much you value collaboration is that do you still feel that way
1: um, I do yeah, and I've collaborated with um, people in other fields like I've I've used my photos have been used in um, there was an improv group that that used my work hmm. for the stage um, I've done other small collaborations like that, so mm-hmm. yeah i do and I've, and i've done I've done commission pieces for people as well mm-hmm. um and i do like having input on things like that yeah yeah yeah
0: well, what else do you have coming up this year or what are you just feeling excited about generally in your life
1: being that this is january i've been so focused on this deadline of having this show yeah. that i feel like i feel like january 1st was the day after the show went up so yeah. I feel like I feel that freshness of the new year right now. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to continue being involved in some of the um, activism work that I do mm-hmm. in the schools. And I'm still still doing that. And then also doing my work. And I don't know. I need to challenge myself to do something different work wise and not just continue doing what I always do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what might what might so, that yeah. look like? No,
1: So I, I guess I'm just saying I feel kind of open right now. Oh, OK. To things. Yeah. I don't know. I, maybe I need to be photographing people.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. That's challenging for me, too. Yeah,
1: I yeah. That's um, a different thing. I, that's hard because, for me, I want the consent of the person that I'm photographing. Mm-hmm. I don't like, since I only use my iPhone photographing people, yeah. I know, like, I've told my kids, don't take pictures of strangers. Yeah. Like, that's not okay. And there are street photographers I really admire who do it in a respectful way. Yeah. But that's really hard. You have to be really yeah, good at it and really learn that respect. I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would be respectful, but I think yeah. it'd be a really hard thing. Um, and I'm not up for like doing portraiture. I'm just not. That's not something.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I'm think I'm good at. Yeah. <laughs> Which is maybe why I should try it. <laughs> right. Because you have some resistance
0: to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So okay. I don't know. I think my answer to the, all that question, that question is I don't know.
0: Yeah. That's <laughs> that's a good place to be too. Yeah. <laughs> um so where do you want to direct people to check out your work or tell tell us the dates of the Doherty show and like yeah, your website so the, and stuff like the that? The
1: Doherty show um ends on February third. Okay. Um I'm giving an artist talk on Wednesday the twenty fourth. Mm-hmm. That's next Wednesday. At 7 o'clock here at the Doherty. Okay. And I think that's going to be sort of a walk and talk. I think I'll just walk through the pieces. And I really love when, like at the opening last week, I really loved hearing from other people what they saw in things. And um, especially strangers, because their questions are always more unexpected. Yeah. I was actually going to ask
0: you about the opening. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about the opening experience for you.
1: Yeah, that was really, it was very overwhelming. I feel like putting the show up felt a little bit like a birth of like, and I actually had a lot of dreams about childbirth that week. Wow. Okay. (laughs) And then the opening felt, yeah, like a wedding reception almost, just because there were like all these people here and people from all parts of my life. and stra- yeah. But I guess strangers don't come to your wedding usually. But wedding crashes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was so like wonderful and validating for me to be able to experience that and to see people that I know and who've been really supportive of me. And- mm. But I-, I did have some really interesting comments. like Well, so one um, person I hadn't seen in a really long time asked me if um, she could commission me to make her, um, her burial shroud. Wow. <laughs> and I, of course I will. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. yeah, so that, was, that really stood out to me. Another was um, a stranger waited a really long time to talk to me, and he specifically wanted to ask me about one of the pavement pieces, mm-hmm. um, if it was about death.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: and he saw death in it and he explained to me like where and how he saw death and i said yes like i i definitely i sure i think about that in a lot of my work but it was not the way that he saw it which i found really fascinating and i so and then um A lot of kids were at the show because I have kids, so there were people from school and um, kids were really attracted to the piece with the small flowers. And I think it was because they could like choose which ones were their favorites, Mm -hmm. and um, and also that piece is laid out in a gradient. I think that's really appealing to kids. Like there's a sense of order and organization in it. And so I noticed there are a lot of kids standing around that, pointing and you know, (laughs) wow, picking out their faves.
0: So interesting (laughs) to have. Yeah, you have all this work. Uh, living in your studio all yeah. up and then you put it out and then people it has come and this react to it.
1: Yeah. Another, so another woman told me, um, the threads and there were a, partic- a couple of pieces that had threads coming out of the piece and mm-hmm. spilling out out of the frame. There were a couple of threads that, um, she had very visceral hmm. reactions to, and she wasn't even able to quite understand Wow. How she felt about them, but the, but she had tears in her eyes, she was very moved by these particular threads, and she couldn't yeah she 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 couldn't figure out how or why, but they were, it was very emotional for her i was I was excited about that
0: yeah I mean that's <laughs> what better compliment to love yeah. someone that much with something you create
1: yeah, so those stood out to me mm. cool moments yeah. and validating moments I mean, I'll think about those when I'm making. New pieces of art. <laughs> yeah.
0: So do you feel like an artist now? Um, Can you say it? I'm an artist. Yes, I'm an artist.
1: All <laughs> oh, right. I'm Nancy Mims. I'm an artist.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. Wow, we come a One day way. I'll be able to say that without laughing. Yeah, right. right. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: artist slash lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, what's your website?
1: Oh, it's Nancy Mims, and that's N-A-N-C-Y-M-I-M-S dot com. Okay.
0: And mm-hmm. I highly recommend... If it's before February 3rd that you make it out to the Doherty to see Nancy's work. And beyond that, you can just uh, keep an eye on her website and expect some bigger and better things this year, maybe, or who knows oh, what. Oh,
1: wow, that's pressure. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll see.
0: No pressure. All right. More more things. Yeah, more things. Okay. Well, thank you so right. much for your thank time. You. This is really lovely thank to talk you to Thank you for doing this. Yeah, sure. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider sharing it with anyone that you think might get value from it, and also consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Be sure to check out the links in the show notes at the bottom of the webpage for each episode, or also by tapping the square Austin Art Talk logo graphic on your phone within the podcast app to discover more info related to my guests, their work, and many of the things we mention and talk about in the episode please don't hesitate to share any feedback so that I can continue to improve what I'm creating and make it more useful to you. Thanks again for your time and take care.